better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino and kyle Krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this wednesday edition of the show we're going to talk about some of these big name free agents and what they could get paid this is going to be fun kyle welcome yeah it's uh football's 33rd front office the draft network so we're not just the draft we're also team building and team building obviously of course, involves free agency, and that's been one of the things that we've been expanding on more this year than last year, which was our first year of coverage. So I'm I'm interested for this conversation because I've got some pretty strong feelings on some of these free agents and, and philosophically how free agency should work for certain teams based on the life cycle of franchises that some of these teams are in. So this should be a really interesting conversation that can go a lot of different directions depending on who we talk about. Kyle, explain the concept here so that everyone understands how we're reacting to this in real time. Yeah, so we we know what we're going to talk about, but we don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> we have SpotTrack.com has a free agent list of all the free agents for the 2020 offseason. And for probably, I don't know, they've probably got 50 guys in here now. Mm-hmm. They have market values, which is based on similar players of similar production and similar ages from years past who signed contracts. They take the aggregate average of those and they apply an estimated market value to the 2020 free agents, what they should be expecting to get in a free agent signing or re-signing with their own team. So we have the list pulled up. Joe and I are going to take turns picking guys, kind of talking about how we feel about those players. And then we're going to open the market value and see how close we were to what the actual estimated market value is for these players on the free agent market, according to spot track. I want to go first. Okay, go ahead. All right. All right. So I, I, the reason I want to do this one is I, I just wrote him up as a free agent profile for the draft network.com. I th- welcome. I think on Monday, I think on Monday, Matt Judon, uh, edge rusher for the Baltimore Ravens uh, coming off of big year. Uh, and actually, you know, ever since he was a fifth round pick out of Grand Valley State, he's kind of carved away more playing time, become more and more productive. Nine and a half sacks this past season, 33 quarterback hits, played the most snaps he ever has. And, you know, finally with with the likes of Terrell or uh, Terrell Suggs and Elvis Doomerville and uh, Zadaria Smith out of the way, he was kind of their lead pass rusher and he played really well. And so this is really interesting to me because I think he's going to be coveted on the open market and Baltimore doesn't have a ton of cap space to bring him back. And, and Harbaugh's already kind of said that it's going to be tough and we'll see in terms of bringing him back. Now this is one off season after Zadaria Smith left town who, you know, signed that big deal with the Packers and he went on to have a, a big, big year. And I know that there's a lot of people when they talk about Judon that they say, well, you know, this is a player who uh, really benefited, benefited from Wink Martindale's aggressive scheme and all the blitzing and, uh, it created some favorable opportunities for him to make, you know, make plays behind the line of scrimmage and his, his production's inflated. But then I would say, well, you said the same thing about Zedarius Smith and he was outstanding in Green Bay. So we can all agree this is going to be a coveted commodity. Kyle, I wrote the article, so I know exactly what SpotRack says in terms of market oh, you value. Cheated. So what, what do you think? What do you think uh, Judon's well, going to get? 
anybody who's skeptical of Matt Judon's value is full of shit because he had 24 and a half sacks. He's had 41 tackles for loss and he's had, let me do the math, 60, 70, 72 quarterback hits in the last three seasons combined. This is not just like one year wonder. You know, he had 17 tackles for loss in 2017 and eight sacks that season, which was his second in the league. He just had the big explosion in quarterback hits and, and more consistent disruption with more opportunities. First time he started more than, than 12 games. I would expect Matt Judon as a 28 year old going to be 28 years old. I would expect he's probably going to command between 15 and $60 million per season. See, and I, and my expectation was, I, I know that, uh, Zadaria Smith got, um, 16 and a half per season. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of the floor because I think Judon's had a more sustained success in Baltimore. So when I was originally going through this, I thought it would going to be, you know, closer to 18 to 20 spot rack says an average salary of $16.3 million, four okay. years, 65.2. So okay. there's gotta be some inflation here when it comes to, uh, comparing his deal to Smith, right. Since it's the next off season. Well, I think there's a couple things that they take into account here. The the projected actual contract is four years, $65 million, average of 16.3 per season. Uh, three of the four guys that they referenced signed five-year deals. And Zadarius Smith was the only one that signed a six-year deal. Or, uh, I'm sorry, a four-year deal. Uh, Judon's going to be a year older than both of those guys. And his quarterback hurries rate is significantly lower. It's about two thirds of what the hurry rate is of those other four guys combined. Uh, so maybe the age and the lack of consistent hurries, you know, he's been a, a better or more run, more consistent run defender than, you know, D Ford is one of the names that they cite here. I think he's been a more consistent three down player than what D Ford had been by the time D Ford got his five year, $85.5 million contract. But I think inflation is a good point here to bring up. Uh, maybe the age was something that helped keep that down a little bit. That's a good point. Um, so you think you think it's going to be around 16. I think it's going to push for 18. And um, when I wrote my article, I, I identified some potential landing spots, and I picked three teams from the AFC East and the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills. Uh, oh, all very – But, yeah, I mean, look, they've got – 90 million close to it, something like that. I mean, this would be a really good way to invest it, especially with, uh, you know, some of the versatility that Judon brings to the table and how Flores will deploy him. I think it'd be a really good fit and definitely a big need that uh, Miami has. So I think the Jets as well, you know, John, Jan uh, who's their, their pass rusher Jenkins. He's a free agent. Uh, and I mean, that's a team that needs all kinds of help on the edge. Buffalo, some aging guys, and uh, Hughes and Murphy on the edge. Shaq Lawson, a free agent, so you can kind of see a natural fit there. But, I mean, I think that there's so many teams, the Titans, the Seahawks. I mean, Judon's going to have his suitors, and that's part of what makes me believe, you know, he's going to challenge more for that $18 million range. Well, I, I would turn around and caution that there's a lot of free agent edge guys that are primed to hit the market between Jadavion Clowney yeah. and Dante Fowler and Robert Quinn, Shaq Lawson. Robert, Robert Quinn, Shaq Lawson, uh, Michael Bennett is a guy who's a little bit older. Mario Yannick Addison. Ngakwe, Yannick Ngakwe may hit the, the free agent market. So you start kind of playing the musical chairs, and depending yeah. on how quickly some of these teams spend money, 
that may work in his, against him as well, unless he's one of the guys that's prioritized as the guy for a team looking to sign an edge rusher. Could you make the case that he is, though? Is he the premier name? I know Clowney's going to be popular, but Clowney has that injury history, and he has like this inordinate amount of penalty flags called against him. Could you see some teams maybe saying, yeah, we'd rather have Judon? I'd be remiss to, to not mention Shaq Barrett as well. I know Tampa oh, yeah. intends to bring him back, but he had a, an amazing year, and yeah. he is set to be an unrestricted un free agent. Uh, I think Yannick Ngakwe would be the premier guy. I know he's maybe not for everybody because he's a little smaller, uh, but his pass rush productivity and consistency and, and pass rush disruption over the course of his entire career so far in Jacksonville, I think makes him the guy for me, but Judon would probably be my two. Yeah. Uh, hey guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance to get extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Bluechew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package to no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay 5 bucks for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. All right, Joe, it's my turn to bring a name to the table. Aight. Are you ready? I'm going to I'm going to go off the beaten path here a little bit. Okay. Tight end Austin Hooper. Woo. From the Atlanta Falcons, scheduled to be a free agent. He's played his 4 years on his rookie deal. He's 25 years old currently. He'll turn 26 next November. So he'll open next season as a 25-year-old free agent tight end. And we know how important tight ends are in today's NFL, but yeah. Joe, this is a guy, Hooper, who had 75 catches for almost 800 yards last year and six touchdowns. His production from a receiving perspective in receiving touchdowns, receiving yardage, and receptions has gone up every single year for four consecutive years. 75 catches, 787 receiving yards, Six receiving touchdowns. Atlanta has six and a half million dollars in cap space. Probably not going to bring him back. So I would be interested, you know, the, the other prominent tight end on the market is Hunter Henry, who I think is probably a little more talented, but has had some issues with injuries uh, that may water him down. Eric Ebron being another name that's on the tight end market. Uh, Greg Olson is a 35-year-old. Is Hooper the premier tight end target in free agency? And what do we think he ends up getting? I think he is the premier tight end uh, in free agency. And just to, like you said, the production has been really good. And he, I mean, he had a career year this year and missed three games. And so, you know, you think he could have had even more production and, and love the consistency that he's had. Um, yeah, I mean, when you think about what he's going to get paid, I feel like it's been a while since we've seen a big tight end deal handed out that I can really think about in terms of what it could mean. I mean, I can tell you Greg Olson's 
2019 cash was just over eight and a half million dollars. Okay, so he's gonna he's gonna get around ten, I would guess, somewhere around ten million. Give so or we're take gonna one. say you know four years forty million or five years fifty million. That's my guess. Do you are you you agree with that or what? Uh, I might, I might, if you set the over under a 10, I'd take the under, but it would be close. So you want to open this up on the count of three. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. One. You have it ready? I do. Yeah. One, two, three. Market value drum roll. It's loading. We'll see whose internet is faster. Woo! 1.9 million per year. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this would project Hooper to be the second highest paid tight end in the NFL. If he got the projected value from spot track of 9.9 million per year, the four contracts they used and referenced for this projection at spot track were Travis Kelsey, Jordan Reed, Zach Ertz, and Trey, man, you got Zach Ertz for five years, 42 and a half million dollars. You're stealing him. Dude. <laughs> sure Holy are shit. And Trey Burton. So the average of those average of those four contracts was 4.8 years. $42 million per year, an average salary of 8.8. So from a production standpoint, Hooper's pretty close to in line across the board as far as uh, his target share, his receptions per game, uh, receiving touchdowns. He's a little less potent of a yards after catch guy than these other four guys. But other than that, the production's pretty comparable. And Joe, interestingly enough, this seems to to factor in the inflation that we thought we might see with Judon that we didn't. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I think maybe the demand here could play into that a bit. What's interesting to me is thinking about landing spots. As you said, the Falcons don't have a nickel, two nickels to run to rub together. You know, and really when you come to their cap space and they have a lot of needs, where do you, where do you see, what do you, where do you look across this landscape and think of as destinations? Maybe Arizona. Is that a team that comes to mind? Maybe Seattle. Yeah, so I'm sitting here at thedraftnetwork.com and I'm scrolling through the team needs for tight ends, looking to see what teams need tight ends. Right now, the Draft Network lists three teams, four teams, I'm sorry, that have tight end as the premier need on their team. Chicago Bears, which I don't think will be in play for Hooper. And they're already playing, paying Burton a top five right. salary. Jeez, right. man. The Green Bay Packers the New England Patriots, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are out. They have less money than Atlanta. So if we follow the the team needs of both of these two, uh, of the Draft Network's team needs, the Packers and the Patriots seem to be names that pop. I'd certainly like him in either one of those offenses, uh, especially if Tom Brady does come back. We want to get some weapons around him. They've got some money to spend. I think they got... 45 million at their disposal. But if Tom comes back, Tom's probably going to gobble what two thirds of that. Yeah. So yeah, I think that the, I I really liked where you went with Arizona personally. So here's maybe a clue that could tell us something about who's in the market for tight ends. And that's that Greg Olson is touring teams right now. And he's supposed to make a decision by the end of the week. He's visited Buffalo, Washington, and Seattle. And maybe uh, you could tie the, the, you know, connect the dots there when it comes to Washington and Buffalo. Uh, but Seattle, a team that has over $50 million in cap space, that is 
you know, interested in bringing in Greg Olson, you'd have to think Austin Hooper would be a player they'd be quite interested in. Yeah, they got Will Disley, who's, you know, had some trouble with durability. <laughs> and um, yeah. Luke Wilson set to be a free agent. I think their next tight end in line is either Jacob Hollister or Tyrone Swoops, who played quarterback in Texas. So that would be a huge upgrade. Imagine, you know, with, with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, you get Austin Hooper in there too. Let's go. The only question is, is will the Seahawks pass the ball enough to make it worth their while? All right. You ready for another player? Yeah, let's get another one. All right. I'm going to pick DJ Humphreys, former first round pick of the Arizona Cardinals left tackle. You only want to talk about DJ because your brother whooped his butt in high school. Well, you brought that right there. Put it on a platter. Yeah, my brother whooped his ass. <laughs> I'm like, you're going to this football game, like, oh, this dude, DJ Humphrey, is supposed to be like this five-star recruit. My brother plays defensive end and has to go up against him. I'm like, oh, man, this might not be good. And my brother whooped his ass, and there's game tape to prove it. Um, but, no, he's an interesting player. He was finally healthy this past season, Kyle, and probably had his best year, which that's kind of what we've seen a lot of times for these players is they peak in their contract year, and DJ Humphreys has done that. And so – uh, he's set to hit the open market and athletic offensive tackle. He's pretty raw coming into the league, but we know that across the landscape of the NFL, offensive tackle is a big need, and there's a really good draft class ahead of offensive tackles, which you can look at it two ways, in my opinion. You can say, look, there's going to be teams that are going to be ready to invest in one of those guys, or there's going to be teams that are going to be in striking distance to invest in one of those guys that thinks maybe they can get their answer in free agency and get a different player. So there's there's all the different options in play here, but I think DJ Humphreys has done well to put himself in the best position based on the landscape of his entire career to this point to make some money here, and someone's going to pay him to be a starting left tackle. Yeah, uh, I think he's a kind of a forgotten name uh, when you consider the free agent market. Him and uh, Jermaine Effetti both are guys that are long tenured starters. They've had kind of up and down play. Uh, I've felt both had their best years in 2019. Mm -hmm. So getting those guys out in front of the draft, that's a really attractive proposition for a lot of teams because you don't want to have to, this is what happened to the Houston Texans, right? Houston elected not to spend money in free agency last year. They didn't address the offensive line. They go out, they draft, they, they panic on draft night. They, they draft a guy who they were considering playing, at offensive guard, and then they move him back out to tackle, and all things considered, Titus Howard had a good rookie season, especially compared to the expectations that I had. But then they get in the summer, and they panic again, and they give up like all their draft capital for the next two years to go get Laramie Tunsil. Don't box yourself into corners. So if you have an opportunity to sign a guy like DJ Humphreys and you feel like he fits your scheme, there may be some more demand here than we would consider that there is. So before we get into this dollar amount for DJ Humphreys. How much do you think scheme played into him having his best year? And, you know, uh, Kyler, I actually, he held onto the ball a ton. He was charged, I think with like the most yeah. pressures uh, for that, that, that Cardinals team this past year. Do you think that like Cliff's offense helped DJ? And that's going to be something to be mindful of when considering where he could go this, this off season. I think having a quarterback that was mobile, 
you know, you know that slows pass rushers down a little bit. They don't want to overshoot their landmarks and give up contained. So I think it was a combination of factors. I certainly think uh, Cliff getting a new offense installed there that seemed to really click as the season went on all around was helpful. And I think Arizona had their most balanced offense in several years. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of variables at play here that, that impacted it. The question is, you know, don't try to put him back into a Bruce Arians style, yeah. deep vertical passing because he's, he's got a track record now where he doesn't really hold up all that well when he's forced to, sustain and take deeper or more angular pass sets and, and, and greet pass rushers at wide angles. All right. I gave the prediction on the Hooper deal. Let's hear yours on Humphrey. All right. Starting offensive tackle money. I'm going to go 11 and a half per year. Okay. All right. I guess do the countdown and we can find All out. Right. Oh, do I, I need to comment on that? I think he's going to get, man, I think you're right on it. I think you're right on it. 11 and a half. Yeah. Cause he's not like an elite tackle, but he's a starter. Right. He plays on the left side. All right. Let's He's still 26 years old. So three, two, one. Click. You're probably going to get it before me because Spot Track was really fussy earlier. Woo. Woo. Where do you see this? Wow. <laughs> yeah. 14.1 <laughs> million. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I'm not paying that because that, that would no, be it... <laughs> the fourth highest salary for an offensive tackle in the NFL. <laughs> so the deals that it references is uh, Donovan Smith, Nate Solder, Taylor Luan, and Riley Reef. Which I guess that's just kind of a bizarre list of names in terms of measuring sticks. I don't know. It's, it, I well, guess they with the with the exception of Taylor Luan, it's tackles that got paid but got paid more than they deserve because they aren't as good as the money. <laughs> right. That, that's the commonality. Those guys had better resumes going into their contract year than than Humphreys. I'm I'm telling you, I'm out on Humphreys at 14 million a season. Let me yeah, just uh, <laughs> let me just tell you that. I think Ooh. 12 is the most I consider, and it's if I'm really desperate. Interestingly enough, you know, we talked about guys that were, um, with the exception of Lawan, right? Yeah, they have. If you scroll down a little bit, they have statistical comparisons, and it shows sacks allowed per game. Donovan Smith allowed a sack every other game. Nate Solder allowed three-tenths of a sack per game. So Smith was a half a sack. Solder was three-tenths of a sack. Lawan was two-tenths of a sack. Riley Reef was a third of a sack per game. And DJ Humphreys was a quarter of a sack per game. So Humphreys actually has the second-best sacks allowed per game total. And his pass pressures and hurries allowed per game is also second best. Riley Reef before the year before he got that the two years before he got that con- <laughs> contract averaged two and a half hurries per game. Lawan averaged less than half of that. Humphreys is somewhere in the middle. And what I mean, the number that stands out to me as well is game played percentage. You know, you've got yeah. Donovan Smith one hundred percent, Nate Solder ninety seven percent, Taylor Luan one hundred percent, Riley Reef ninety four percent, DJ Humphreys seventy eight percent. You know, so there's the durability factor to be mindful of here with Humphreys. I think if this is what he's he's looking for, I'm gonna look I'm gonna look to the draft and I'm gonna pay uh you know Jedrick Wills or something or Tristan Wirfs uh you know much less per year for a I think a um a more it's hard to say a safer option but an option with probably more upside. 
Yeah. So real quick, you know, I don't want to get into another player because we want to keep ourselves on schedule, but I would like to talk about some of the other, because we did this with tight end and we did this with edge rushers. Some of the other guys I had mentioned, Jermaine Effetti as another name, but you think about this offensive tackle class, a free agency in general, and you pair it with the offensive tackle class in the draft there are some really interesting kind of dominoes that we could see here. So I'm going to throw the, the filter on offensive tackles now, and we're going to come up with my producer's going to provide us with the names. Uh, Whitworth, 38. Costanzo, 32. Kelvin Beecham, Brian Bulaga, Greg Robinson. Mind you, this is uh, sorted by the salary that they had last year. So some notable names. Jason Peters is technically an unrestricted free agent. Jack Conklin's the big name uh, as a guy who a lot of people expect to get even north of what DJ Humphreys is listed as being able to expect to get. We mentioned to Fetty. Uh, anybody else down here in the r- rookie deals? Not really. So you've got four big names. And if you bring in older guys as veteran stopgats, you could get up to six with like Whitworth. Jason Peters, Jack Conklin, DJ Humphreys, Jermaine Effetti. Okay. Got any landing spots for Mr. Humphreys? I mean, I, I think Arizona, right? It, it, resigning him should be an option. You think about it's, Carolina? It's got to be an option. Right. Um, I mean, Arizona's got over 50 million. They're in the top 10 in terms of available cap space. Carolina need at left tackle, in my opinion. Let's see what I, happens I, with Trent Williams with Washington. I think Arizona makes the most sense. Like Carolina, even Carolina, like, do we know what their identity is going to look like as far as how they want to play on the line of scrimmage and what an stereotypical? I think it's going to be spread. You think spread? Well, Joe with Joe Brady, yeah. yeah. Um, you're you're blocking with five, man. You're gonna you need to have freaking good offensive line, in my opinion and have athletes. And if the ball, well, they get an athlete, spread, in Humphreys, that, that, that ball should come out quick. So yeah, you just sold me on that as a potential spot. But I'm Panthers 31 million. I mean, obviously that can grow a ton if they release like Don Terry Poe and move on from cam. I mean, they can get right. A lot of, a lot of cash right there, but they've got their own players to deal with in terms of James Bradbury uh, to consider uh, Trey Boston, uh, you know, those defensive linemen, you know, if they're going to bring any of them back, Gerald McCoy, Greg Van Roten. So, they've, I mean, they've got a lot to deal with themselves. Listen, this was a fun conversation. Joe, let's do this again. You know, we had said Track has like 50 of these market values at their disposal. We're going to tap into this. We're going to continue to do this. But we want to give these conversations the time necessary as needed while also being mindful to each and every one of your days as well. So that's going to do it for us today on the show. But we will be back tomorrow with another episode. We're going to do something fun for Valentine's Day on Friday. So hit subscribe. Come on back and see us. I'm Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast.